uh, let's go ahead and take our Bibles and turn to uh, Philippians chapter number 1. Philippians chapter number 1. Speaking of a driver, um, one of our members, um, is that's what he does for a living, Chris. And uh, he was involved in a, a little accident, not a um, like traffic accident. He happened to just fall. Um, there, he had a fall out of his truck and he fell backwards um, uh, and landed on the ground and messed up and tweaked his back real bad. But he's able to be here tonight and I'm grateful for that. It could have been so uh, much worse and I'm grateful that he's able to be here. All right, Philippians chapter number one. If you join me in standing, if you're able to do so for the reading of God's word, Philippians one, we're going to pick it up in verse number nine and just read down through verse number 11 <clears throat> as we continue our series through uh, Music Matters. And uh, we've looked at several aspects about the purpose of music and the fact that God is supposed to be the number one audience of music. It's what He created music to be, is to worship and glorify Him. And uh, we looked at several different aspects of that uh, last time in the last couple messages. And now we're going to start a new one called the Principles for Discerning Music, or um, what, what, what principles should we uh, and questions should we ask uh, as we consider whether we should have the music that we're currently listening to in our lives or not? Okay, so Philippians chapter number 1 and verse number 9 says this, uh, Paul does to the church at, um, at Philippi. He says, And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. And verse 10 is a key verse here, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. And let's pray together one more time. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be together once again in your house. Thank you for the opportunity to consider uh, this very important topic called music. And uh, Lord, I know that uh, this is an important area for each of us. Uh, Lord, I know that um, this is a very sensitive topic, and uh, it's very personal to all of us. And yet I pray that uh, each and every one of us would uh, have a desire, Lord, to please you with our music. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would uh, help us to understand these principles and apply them to our lives in every area, particularly in the area of music. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. So as we continue this series, um, you and I as believers, as we continue to mature and grow in our Christian lives, we are to not just kind of go through the motions and just kind of float through life, but you and I here are called by God uh, through the Holy Spirit in, in Paul's writing here to, uh, verse number 10, approve things that are excellent in our life. And I realize that, you know, none, none of us want to be judgmental. We're, we're called to judge not, lest you be judged. Um, we know that uh, from Matthew chapter 7, and of course that's one of the most uh, misused passages of Scripture um, it's not saying that you're not allowed to judge your brother. It's, it's making sure that you have your life right before you do. And, and, and we are called to uh, keep each other accountable and to bear one another's burdens and to help and encourage and even confront sometimes and admonish our brothers and sisters in the Lord. 
Not, not in a critical manner, but in a loving manner. But, but here we are called to, in verse number 9 as well, we are to abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. And so we, we are to have good judgment in our life and, and then so that we are able to approve things that are excellent, that we're not just accepting just anything into our lives gullibly, but that we are willing to filter everything that comes in our life and making sure that they're excellent according to the Word of God and according to the glory of God. You say, well, that's just one passage. You're taking it out of context. That's not what it means. Okay, well, consider a few of these other verses. Ephesians 5 and verse number 10 says, proving, Ephesians 5.10 says, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. So we're to take things that are in our lives and make sure that they're acceptable unto the Lord. And this is, again, not just limited to music, although that's the context in which we're talking tonight, but this applies to really every area of our life, our, our friends, the influences in our lives, our entertainment, the, the movies, the TV, the, okay, the YouTube channels, whatever um, we're watching to make sure that it is, is acceptable unto the Lord. It includes even our attire, our dress. Uh, whether it's acceptable unto the Lord or not. You say, well, God just sees my heart, and that's all He cares about. Okay, well, then why does He talk about other aspects of our lives? He, he cares about it all. And uh, so we need to prove what is acceptable unto the Lord. Okay, another reference for us tonight is 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 21. 1 Thessalonians 5, 21 says, Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. So we're to take all things in our lives and make sure that they're right. And I'm not saying that I'm certainly not perfect in this area, but, but we, we, do or we are expected by the Lord to prove all things um, and make sure that they are, and, and hold fast those things which are good. Okay, so this is a spiritually mature thing to talk about. I know that this isn't something that a lot of churches um, are going to mention, but um, when it comes to music, we do need to prove our music. We need to prove what is acceptable unto the Lord, including our music. And Paul says to the church of Philippi here that we are to approve things that are excellent. So uh, how do we do that? What are, what are some of the principles that we uh, can and should use in discerning the music in which we listen to, whether it's acceptable unto the Lord, whether uh, we're holding fast that which is good, whether it's excellent? Well, we're going to look at a few of them here tonight, and there's 13 of them. Um, I, I really don't think we're going to get through all of them tonight, um, so it's probably going to be a two-part message. But uh, the first question we need to ask when it comes to the music in which we listen to, first of all, is, is it expedient? Is it expedient? I know some of you are thinking, is it expedient? I thought that was a travel company. Okay, no, we're not talking about Expedia. We're talking about expedient, okay? Is it, is it good for us? Okay, a couple references for us, and actually, I'm going to invite you to turn to these passages as we, uh, I want you to see them for yourself. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and tonight I'm just going to give you these principles and let you answer them for your own self. So I'm not going to be saying, here's what you should listen to um, based on these things. I'm just going to give you these principles and let the Holy Spirit work in your life uh, to determine whether 
you should listen to them or listen to this, the music you're listening to or not, okay? Um, so is it expedient? Verse Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 12. Paul says this to the church there at Corinth. He says, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Okay, so he mentions here all things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. He repeats this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, if you turn over there. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10 and verse number 23. A very similar verse. There's a little bit different ending of the verse. But he says in verse 23 of chapter 10, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not. There's that word expedient again. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Okay, so is it good for me? Now, here's what he's saying. He says, hey, look, as a Christian, do I have the ability to... We'll take music for since we're talking about that. Can I listen to whatever and still be saved? The answer is technically yes. Okay, because all things are lawful unto me. I, I can do it. I, I can listen to and you fill in the artist. Now, should a Christian do it? That depends. Is it expedient? Is it good for us? Um, he says all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. Okay, let me give you an example here. And I don't know if you felt this way when you were a child. And some of you young people are here tonight. And maybe you feel this way currently. Um, but what, what, here's, the, here's the thing. By the way, speaking of, we never did the children's memory verses. We're going to do that at the end of the service. Okay, I'm sorry. That's my fault for skipping that. Uh, please forgive me. But um, let's suppose that when you were a kid and I felt this way, I was like, man, why do I have to eat all these lima beans and vegetables and all, the, all these gross things? When, when I'm an adult, when I can choose what I want to eat and pay for it myself, it's like candy 24-7. It's like ice cream for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And occasionally I'll throw in a brownie, you know, for variety's sake. You know, and, and uh, you know, cupcakes and all of it. Like, that's going to be my diet. Now, as an adult, can I do that? Do I have the ability to do that? Yes, I do. It's, all, it's lawful for me. I can do that. But is it expedient for me? No, it's not going to be expedient for me. And it's not going to be expedient for my Christian life either. Because, look, God wants me to serve Him. And if I'm, uh, you know, my health is shot because of my terrible diet... That, that's not expedient for me, okay? Now, let's apply it now to music. Can I listen to all these things? Yes, I can, but is it good for me? Is it going to help me serve the Lord effectively? Uh, depends. And if it's not, yes, I can still listen to it and not lose my salvation because I'm thankful tonight that once we're saved, we're always saved and, and we're kept by the power of God. And, and we're not saved based on what music we listen to or don't listen to. Okay, but is it going to hinder my relationship with the Lord? Is it going to hinder my ministry? Is it, gonna, is it expedient for me? 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 4 says this, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Why? So that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Uh, consider this here. The Boston Celtics basketball team for many years had the Boston, Boston Garden as their home court. And I think they still do, but it's called something different now. 
Um, uh, well, and even if they don't, if, even if it's a different place, um, the home team knew where the dead spots were in the wooden floor during that time. So the Celtics kind of, they knew you don't bounce the basketball over there because it's not going to bounce right back up. But, but the visitors didn't know that. So that ended up being a little bit of an advantage to them. And, and at that time, there was no air conditioning in that building. And so it was extremely hot, something the Celtics got very used to um, but not the visitors. And the coach, named Red Auerbach, would actually turn up the heat even further. That's sinister. <laughs> and uh, he also designed a running game that would wear out the other team. And so this home court advantage enabled the Celtics to win a far greater percentage of games at home than when they were away. Okay, why are we saying that? Well, the music that entangles us with the world will keep us from being the soldier that God has chosen us to be. So will our music take away an advantage that we could have in our spiritual warfare? I mean, you can hold on to your music. Go ahead. But is it going to hinder you from doing what God wants you to do and uh, from fulfilling the, the role and the, and, and the opportunities God wants you to have? I mean, if it does, are you willing to give them up? And so one question we need to ask ourselves when it comes to the music in which we choose to listen to or not listen to, is it expedient? Is it good for me? Just like we have to ask ourselves the question, is it good for me to eat this on a regular basis and consume this type of food? And I'm glad my wife's not in here tonight because she would be saying amen right now really loud. She wants me to have a better diet, and I need to. But um, more importantly, uh, we need to make sure that we're having the right influences come into our lives. Um, and so is it expedient? Is it expedient? Secondly, uh, another question we need to ask ourselves as we discern the music in which we listen to, does it control me? Does it control me? If your Bible is open to 1 Corinthians, if you go back to chapter 6 and verse number 12, I want to look at this Verse here, he says, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. We already talked about that. All things are lawful for me, but then notice here at the end of this verse, he says, But I will not be brought under the power of any. I'm not going to allow anything to have control over me except for the Holy Spirit. I'm to be under the influence and the control of the Holy Spirit, um, we, we find that in, uh, in, in Ephesians chapter number 5. I'm just going to turn there real quick because I don't have it in my notes. But Ephesians chapter number 5 uh, says in verse number 18, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And it is interesting to note that being filled with the Spirit then has to do with our relationship with music. Uh, that's the very next verse that deals with our relationship to music. But going back here to 1 Corinthians 6, Paul said, look, I'm not going to allow anything, including music, to have control over me. So does the music that you currently listen to control you, or are you able to control it? In other words, could you go an entire year without listening to the music that you currently listen to? Could you do it? Could you give it up to the glory of God? Could you stop listening to that music if God really wanted you to? Now, I realize that times are different now, and it's not like we have physical 
music to throw away in a garbage can, but um, I did, and I've already went through that. I'm not going to go through it again, but if the Lord wanted you to somehow remove your music from your life, would you be willing and able to do that? Or is that just like, whoa, that's too much. I can't, then maybe, could it be, could it be that music controls you instead of you controlling that music? See? Paul said, look, I'm not going to allow anything to, um, I I will not be brought under the power of any. I'm not going to allow music, for instance, control me. Tim Goodman says in his um, That's Entertainment column, it's a newspaper column, I believe, or a magazine, I'm not sure which, but this is December 31st, 1995. Um, He says, no other art form touches people so emotionally as music. It's somehow more personal to them than movies or art or plays. And I think this, again, goes to show the, the power of music in our lives and, and how uh, much of a stronghold it can become if we aren't careful. So, I mean, would you be able to give up the music that you currently listen to, the artists that are really important to you? Would you be willing to give them up if God wanted you to? Could you do that? If so, then that means that um, it doesn't control you. But if you couldn't do it, well, maybe it controls you. So does it control you or can you control it? And a lot of people aren't willing to get rid of their music due to the amount of time and money invested in it. The devil whispers in their ear and says, man, you know how much money you spent on all those albums or all those streaming services and all of that, and, and, and you know how much time you spent memorizing those lyrics and listening to that same song over and over again, and now you know it, it's part of you. You can't get rid of it. Many people aren't willing to get rid of their music due to the amount of time and money invested in it. But uh, it, does it control you, or do you control it? Thirdly, another question to ask as we are trying to biblically discern the music in which we listen to, And number three, does it edify? Does it edify? And going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, that other reference that he says, all things are lawful for me. In verse 23, he says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Just because I can doesn't mean I should. I remember when I was learning graphic design, um, and learning how to do a lot of different effects on text and things like that, uh, just because you can put a drop shadow and an inner shadow and an outline and a um, and, and a gradient and um, you know a bevel on the text, just because you can add all of those uh, bells and whistles doesn't mean that you should, because um, then it looks like you just pulled out every graphic design trick in the book in one fell swoop, okay? Same thing goes with when it comes to um, just because you can doesn't mean you should here. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. And the word edify, of course, means to build up. It's where we, the, the same word we get for edifice is the same root word here where we get to build up. Is it building me up spiritually? In many cases, believers have reduced the Christian life to just simply what is wrong and what is right. Our goal should not just be to avoid bad music, 
Our goal should be to have the best music. If our music tears us down spiritually or even just keeps us maintaining the same level, then it is music that we ought to be willing to give up. Does it edify? Well, I mean, I've been listening to this for years, and look, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with where I'm at spiritually. Yeah, it, that, that may be true, but where, where could you be if you had music that did bring glory to, you know, in a, in a greater way? Does it edify? Does it edify? Um, all things are lawful, but not all things edify. All things edify not. So does it edify? Fourthly, and this is a good one here, of course, is it a weight? Is it a weight? Of course, this reminds us of uh, Hebrews chapter 12. And if you turn over there real quickly, Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside some of the weights. Well, if you know that verse, you know that I didn't read it correctly. It's seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. And the sin with just so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. This morning in the message, we talked about removing the sin and removing the wickedness from our life, the filthiness and the superfluity of naughtiness. Remember that? Well, this verse is also telling us to lay aside the weight. So, you know, if you look at your music and you say, well, look, it's not wrong to have this music, but, but it, could it be a weight? Is it hindering you from running the race? I mean, if, if I had to carry, uh, let's just say, if I had to run around this uh, auditorium uh, this evening, I was able to do so just fine. But if all of a sudden you said, okay, now you get to hold this chair and run around the, this thing, this auditorium with this chair, do you think that'd be really all that easy? No, probably not. Now, is there anything wrong with carrying a chair? No, it's, but it's going to hinder me from running around and running the race that I'm supposed to run. And, and there's a lot of Christians who are like, hey, there's nothing wrong. Bible and verse or chapter and verse telling me what I'm listening to is wrong. Okay, no, I didn't think so. So thank you very much. I'm going to keep listening to it. The problem is you're holding on to it and it's hindering you from running the race effectively for the Lord's sake. And, you know, well, you're, you're just being legalistic here. No, I'm trying to r remind you that one day you're going to have to get to the finish line. Remember looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith? He, he's he's going to be the one that we're going to have to answer for our life. We're going to have to give an account to him for our life. And, and he, he, you're going to get to the end of your race, and, and he's going to say, boy, I had so much more for you to do, but you were carrying the chair. You were too busy holding the chair, and it was slowing you down because I wanted you to do more things, but you couldn't handle it because you were so busy holding on to whatever it was that was a weight in your life. Doesn't mean it's wrong, doesn't mean it's sinful, but wouldn't we want to be willing to uh, remove those things that would help us to effectively run the race for the Lord? This is reading about Alexander the Great. And he was conquering the world, and uh, there was a time that he was slowed down. 
And uh, the reason he was slowed down is because of the, the plunder that he had uh, amassed in defeating the many cities. So he'd go into the cities and, and conquer them, and then they, uh, he and his men would you know, kind of pile up with the jewels and the, uh, all the different things that they were able to keep from their, conquer, uh, from their conquest. And as they continued on to the next city, they were kind of slowed down by the weight of all these uh, things that they had amassed. The soldiers were being distracted by the money, the jewels, and the possessions that they had gathered together. And so they're like, oh, I wonder what's going to be in this next, this next town. I wonder what kind of precious jewels we'll find here. I wonder what kind of money we'll find there. I wonder... And, and so they kind of got so distracted with that. And for that reason, he commanded them to destroy all of the plunder and to burn it all up. And then they were able to move on and conquer the rest of the known world at that time. They were willing to burn up the weight that they had amassed. Now, there are attitudes or practices that we can have in our Christian life that are not sin, but they can absolutely slow us down in the race. And if we consider the greater goals that God has for us to accomplish, we should be willing to get rid of any music that would hinder us from reaching these by weighing us down. Are you willing to do that? Again, this is, these are mature thoughts. Uh, the immature Christian is like, hey, I'm saved. It's all forgiven. I can kind of do what I want. I'm under grace. Um, I, I, I'm, I don't want to be a part of a legalistic type church. And, and so, you know, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I'm under grace. Mature Christian says, no, I, I'm willing to remove things in my life, even if they're not necessarily wrong, but if they're hindering me from accomplishing all that God wants me to, I'm willing to set those aside. Willing to say, hey, Lord, I don't have to have this in my life. If, if, if you want me to move on and, and, and have a greater influence for your glory, I'm willing to lay it aside. So is it a weight? Number five, cover a couple more here tonight. Does it cause me to love the world? Does the music that I'm listening to cause me to love the world more and more? 1 John chapter number 2. Let's turn over there. 1 John chapter number 2. In verse number 15, John says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And a great reminder for us tonight, verse 17, the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So you go ahead and you know, hang on to the music that causes you to love the world, but the thing is, the world is passing away. It's all going to burn up. Global warming is a thing. Because one day, this whole world is going to burn up in fervent heat, the Bible says. It's going to be a little bit more than just warm here. It's all going to burn up. By the way, there's nothing we can do to prevent it or stop it. We do need to be good managers of, and stewards of the earth that we get to live in. But, um, you know, to, to spend our entire life purpose to try to save the planet is of no use um, it's a waste of time. 
But the thing is, one day this world is going to burn up, and, and if, if our whole focus is on the things of this world, the reminder here is the world passes away and the lust thereof. He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So is the music, though, that you're listening to causing you to love the world more? And if the answer is yes, then another reference for you, and we'll get to it a little bit more in our series in the book of James, but James chapter 4, verse number 4 says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So as a Christian, should I desire music that causes me to love the world so much that I end up becoming an enemy of God? The answer is no real Christian should desire any of that. We should desire to uh, listen to music that uh, pleases the Lord and is glorifying to God and not causing me to love the world already more than my sinful flesh desires to do so. Psalm 97 and verse number 10 is another reference for us tonight. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. That sounds harsh, but if we're going to truly love the Lord, that means we're going to have to hate some things. And, and just like I love my wife, and, and that means that I'm not going to be super friendly to somebody who's trying to uh, get to my wife. Um, and attack my family. I love my children. If somebody's trying to attack my family, I'm not going to be Mr. Nice Guy and, and turn the other cheek. I mean, true love does require hate, and we see that with the Lord too. The Lord is infinite in love, but He also, there are some things that He hates. And when it comes to uh, music, we uh, need to make sure that what we're listening to doesn't cause us to love the world. So is it causing me to do that? This world, the world system, um, we, we ought not to listen to that as believers. A couple more here. Number six, is there doubt? Is there doubt? All right, Romans 14 and verse number 23 is the reference on this one. Romans 14, 23 says, And he that doubteth, is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Instead of just saying, well, should I listen to this? I mean, is it okay? I'm not saying you need to have this um, fear and all that. Um, but um, there, if, if there's doubt, you probably shouldn't. If you're wondering, should I, shouldn't I? Rather than just going, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, give the benefit of the doubt to the devil, to the world. Um, why don't we give the benefit of the doubt to the Lord and say, okay, hey, if, if I'm feeling like maybe I, there's a question here, if it's questionable, maybe I shouldn't. And again, this is mature Christian thinking here. The, the immature Christian is saying, look, I can do whatever I want. I'm under grace. It's all forgiven, and uh, no, one, no one should tell me how to, uh, what to do. No one should be invading my privacy and telling me what music to listen to. I'm going to listen to what I want to listen to. Okay, that's the immature Christian's perspective. 
A mature Christian says, hey, if there's, if there's any doubt, I, I just assume to go the high road and take the safe route and listen to things that I know that there's no question, right? Um, and so is there doubt? If there is, a mature Christian says, I'm going to not have it in my life. If it's questionable, if, then I'm going to skip it. Okay, one more for tonight, um, and then we'll cover the rest next, next Sunday. Number seven, is it worldly? Is it worldly? Romans chapter 12, let's turn there. A very familiar passage of Scripture. Romans chapter number 12, verse number 1. The key verse in this is verse 2, but I'll start reading in verse 1 as you're turning there. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And then verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world. And I guarantee that the devil's, one of his uh, devices is to get us to conf be conformed to this world through music. I just, that is just the truth. He uses music as one of his primary devices. And in, um, in Corinthians, I believe it says, we are not ignorant of his devices. We, we ought not to be ignorant of his devices. We should know what, how the devil operates and what he uses to try to get us off course, how, what he tries to do to um, you know, get us. It, it's like a fish. Being, being aware of the different bait that comes down and goes, oh, no, I recognize that worm. That looks like a hook that's going to be in there. Look, we need to not be so gullible to go, oh, look, music, that seems great. My flesh really likes it. So chomp. And we chomp on that, and guess what? There's a hook on the other end of that. And so here in Romans 12, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And, and here again, we're to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need to approve those things that are excellent. We need to hold fast that which is good. We need to prove all things, including our music, so that we can be not conformed to this world but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and we're to present our bodies a living sacrifice, and part of our bodies includes our ears. Those belong to the Lord. 1 Corinthians 6 says, Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So your ears are no longer your own to choose how, you know, these are my ears, I get to choose what I want to listen to. As a believer, that's technically not correct. As a believer, these are God's ears. And we need to be listening to things that the Holy Spirit is comfortable with. And so, is the music we're listening to worldly? A um, couple other references here. Uh, John 17, verse 16. John 17, 16. I'm going to turn over there. John 17, 16. It says, They are not of the world even as I am not of the world. This is uh, uh, Jesus' high priestly prayer um, in the upper room, and um, he is having this prayer, and they said, he said of his disciples, they are not of this world, and we are to be not of this world. 
even as I am not of the world. We're to be sanctified through the truth, uh, through the word, which is truth. So is this music I'm listening to worldly? If so, uh, we're not supposed to be listening to that because we're not of this world. Oh, yes, we live in this world. There's nothing we can do about that. Uh, but one day, as Brother Gary said just a little while ago, uh, we either we're going to go on to glory through the rapture or through death. Either way, this, is, this world is not our home, so we're not to be of this world, including the music in which we listen to. And, uh, <clears throat> and there is certain Christian music, Christian music that if we did not hear the words, we wouldn't even know it was Christian. So if the music conforms to the world, and I'm not just talking about the lyrics, because so many times we just think, well, as long as the lyrics match up with the Bible, then really the regular, the, the music part doesn't really matter because, um, you know, that's, that's amoral. Well, we, we covered that at the beginning of this series. Um, music is not neutral. When you put those notes together, um, it's not neutral. All right, so... If the music conforms to the world, it cannot conform to God. God is not of this world, and His music is not of this world. We as God's children, those who have been redeemed by His precious blood, should instead do our best to compose, to use, and to listen to music that does not identify with or associate with the system here that is in total rebellion against God. I realize that's tough, but that is the truth. Um, are we willing to biblically discern the music we, which we listen to? I hope the answer is yes. And here are seven questions. We'll cover the others next week. Um, there are some good questions that we need to continue asking ourselves, and I'm not expecting everybody to memorize all of these, although it wouldn't be a bad thing to memorize. Um, as we consider the music we, we listen to, as we consider the entertainment that we uh, consume, as we... Uh, consider even the attire that we choose to wear, uh, the places we choose to go, the uh, influences we choose to have, the friends we have. I mean, these, these are just great questions. Is it expedient? Does it control me? Does it edify me? Is it a weight in my life? Is it hindering me from accomplishing all that God wants me to accomplish? Does it cause me to love the world? Is there some doubt whether I should or shouldn't? And I'm just going to choose to flex my Christian liberty and listen to it anyway? And is it worldly? Uh, good questions. And uh, we'll cover uh, several more next Sunday. But I hope that these at least will get you thinking. And, uh, and I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will use these in our, each of our lives to take inventory of all these things and make sure that they're in uh, accordance with the Lord and that we are approving things that are excellent. Let's pray together and then we'll do a couple more things before we're dismissed tonight. Lord, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for um, your word that gives us some principles that we can use to biblically discern the music in which we listen to. Help us, Lord, to be mature enough to ask these questions and to answer them in sincerity. And uh, Lord, to have a desire to please you with the music in which we listen to. Not just focus on, well, this pleases me, but to be more concerned with what pleases you. And God, I pray that uh, you would help us this week to 
be honest and uh, to ask these questions, not just about music, but in really every area of our life. Help us, Lord, to be willing to lay some things aside 